Hey everybody, welcome to the With Podcast, episode one. In this podcast, we try to wrap our head, heart, and hands around doing this singular aspect of being with, in all its various forms, God, others, and ourselves. And now this podcast will have two areas of focus. On Tuesdays, we're going to have a focus on others. On Thursdays, we're going to have a focus on ourselves. Today is an others day. I prefer that term. Others seems to be the way Jesus looks outside of himself. And so it becomes the way I think we should look outside of ourselves. It's, it's important to avoid us versus them language as much as possible in a world steeped in such verbiage. It is unfortunately easy, culturally natural even, to do us versus them, where we pick sides, arrange teams, and be against As much as our world does that, God's kingdom, which Jesus ushers in and exemplifies, doesn't do that. We see him throughout the scriptures, throughout the gospels, gathering together people who would not be in the same room with one another. Tax collectors who would have been the spurge of his day. Sinners of every way, shape, or form. Women of ill repute. Women in general. I think of one woman in particular, the woman at the well in John chapter 4, the Samaritan woman, who isn't just a woman and isn't just a woman of ill repute, but she is part of a culture and a society that would have not wanted to be around Jesus and Jesus' people wouldn't have wanted to be around them. And yet here he is refusing to enter into an us versus them reality. Jesus engages with fishermen as a rabbi. He's choosing to interact with those who may be lesser than he would supposed to be. Now, children who were not even supposed to be acknowledged, Jesus spends time with talking to and relating with. The Pharisees, the Sadducees, teachers of the law, all of these people who would have been out to get him. And he knew that, yet he included them because to him there was no them. In one chapter of the Gospels in particular, we see this microcosm of Jesus' philosophy. Mark chapter 5. He says to his disciples, hey, we should go to the other side. Now, this isn't just a trip across the Sea of Galilee. This is a big deal because across the Sea of Galilee are the Gerasenes. The Gerasenes would have been an unclean people group. But Jesus says, hey, let's go do that. And so they go across the other side because that's what Jesus says. And they go to this unclean area. And then they go to an unclean portion of the unclean area. This man is living among the tombs, the demoniac. And Jesus touches him and heals him. In that same chapter, he goes and interacts with a a leader of the temple. Again, opposite ends of the spectrum and heals his daughter. Finally, in that chapter, again, in just this one chapter, there's a woman with an issue of blood who should have never been out and about, who should not have been in society and enjoying community because she was unclean. And yet, here we see Jesus reaching out, not just healing her, but touching her physically and changing her life in an instant. We see Jesus time and time again refusing an us versus them reality. One of the obstacles all of us encounter, I think, every day, certainly in our environment here and now, is the overwhelming opportunities. We've got breaking news, the deluge on social media, worldwide reports constantly coming our way, the sweeping statistics. It's a lot, right? Or, or is it just me? I mean, it's overwhelming. Sure, sometimes that stuff can push us to do purposefully do things, but, but more times than not, for me, those things cause in me a paralyzing response. I don't do something. 
I do nothing. Buttressed by internal inquisitions like, what can I do? What, what difference would I make? And so I don't do anything. Doing nothing is bad for the world around me, and it's worse for me. The ecosystem I'm a part of falters further, and my value, my self-worth, takes a nosedive. For those overwhelming opportunities and internal acquisitions, Jesus gives us neighbors, and he gives us hands. There's this directive that comes up, first in Exodus with Moses, but elsewhere as well. Every bondage, every brokenness, every problem doesn't just need a one thing. You know, that silver bullet, that perfect answer we all assume somebody else has. There isn't just a one thing. God asks Moses and Jesus poses to his disciples when they bring the hunger of thousands to him in Mark 6. They exclaim, what is in your hand? They bring these massive problems to a nation that needs liberation, uh, uh, thousands of people who are hungry, and they, just, they, they respond with the phrase, what is in your hand? Jesus, of course, doesn't really say that. He just says, oh, they're hungry? You feed them. Every void, every lack, every injustice doesn't require, quote unquote, the one thing. They all need something. Something. And the who, our scope, Jesus redefines as your neighbor. At one point, some guy actually asks Jesus, who is my neighbor? Seems to me he's trying to get out of its simplicity, but it's hard to wriggle away from God's exceedingly low bar for ability to be a blessing. Who's your neighbor? It's your neighbor. The person next to you near you, that that guy, that that woman, that kid, that fill in the blank. I mean, what, what are we supposed to do with that? What are you supposed to do with that? It depends. Who is your neighbor and what is in your hand? Howard Zinn says this, small acts when multiplied by millions of people can transform the world. I love a quotation by Martin Luther King Jr. Life's most persistent question is, what are you doing for others? Don't be swayed by the overwhelming need. Don't allow that negative internal narrative to paralyze you. Ignore anything that makes you do nothing. Listen to me. Ignore. Can we be a people who would ignore everything that makes us do nothing. And for goodness sake, don't waste time trying to manufacture the one thing. Just do something for your neighbor with whatever is in your hand. Hey, thanks so much for tuning in to episode one. We hope it's been beneficial. Maybe it's a conversation that you're going to continue to, to dwell on and think about, meditate on. We love you so much. Now, may you, in the way of our Christ, go, be with and for others as God is for and with you.